Welcome back to the Company of One podcast. This is your host, Dale Callahan. Today, we're going to talk about how do you deal with a setback. This is episode number 190 of the Company of One. And the subject of how to deal with a setback, this is something that we just, we all have to deal with. And I am finding, I, over the years of coaching people, I spent a lot of time talking about setbacks, some of them pretty big setbacks, some of them minor setbacks to me, right? But a setback to us, no matter whether it's big deal, such as losing a job, or it's a small deal, like a project didn't quite go the way we wanted it to. Uh, you know, they're all big at the time, and they all are a devastating, kind of a gut punch of what's happening. So, we get derailed on these kind of things, and I want to just go through some stuff. And and I don't have the link to it, but some of this came from as I was listening to Hal Elrod's podcast, uh, and it reminded me of the book. Um, what is the name of the book? Uh, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And some of the things that I have found that helped me get my head out of the uh, mud, if you will, because, man, don't we get our head in the mud about some things. We really get uptight, we get wound up, and we do stupid things sometimes because of this. So let's talk about some examples of setbacks, right? We have setbacks that may be a job loss, whether it's a you got fired or the project ended or your contract ended, sometimes unexpectedly. I've had all of those happen and sometimes just at the last moment and you don't expect it and you're just like, what? What happened here? And and uh, you go off wondering all kinds of things. I mean, you know the kind of things that you go off wondering. You know, you know um, was I not good enough? Did they not like me? Did I say something stupid? Was I in, incompetent? Uh, I mean, all the things that we say could be true, maybe not. But we, we uh, start second-guessing everything about ourselves. Sometimes a project fails. Didn't go quite the way we wanted it to. And my wife will tell me oftentimes my definition of failure on a project is very, very strict in the sense that I'm hard on myself. You know, what sometimes she thinks is successful and it just didn't go perfectly, I think is an abject failure, right? Because I'm looking for perfection. Uh, so sometimes failure is on our head. Sometimes failure is just failure. It's real. Money's lost. Things happen. Companies go under. You know, companies that have been uh, that have been part of that uh, they just they go flat, and we have to bail out. People get demoted, um, and a lot of people are contacting me because they didn't get the job that they hoped for, maybe internal or external. So I, those are the kind of things I want to talk about today and just how do we wrap our head around them? Because first and foremost, these things happen. We have setbacks. We have failures. We have disappointments. You can call them any of these kind of things. Uh, it's especially related to work. But I kind of want to talk about a structure of how do you deal with it? Because we got to understand, first and foremost, this is emotional. Yeah, it's emotional. I remember the time I got fired, got laid off, got downsized, whatever you want to call it. It's like a gut punch. Even though they threw money at me to leave, it was, it was emotionally devastating. Much more so than financially. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, financially, it turned out to be a massive win, but at the time, it was devastating. Uh, and then when I've had contracts end, it, it was more emotionally devastating than financially devastating. Now, sometimes it can be both, uh, and I've had some you know, that are financial too, but emotions are what I want to talk about how we deal with. So I'm going to just give you a couple of steps here. Uh, these are just things, and, uh, and again, I thank you for Hal, Hal Elrod and his podcast. And uh, and I don't remember which one it was. I'll try to find it and put a link to it in the show notes at delcalhan.com 190. Uh, and But I do know for sure it is the book uh, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Del Carnegie that has a lot of similar concepts in it. So first and foremost... What you want to do is you want to own it. And this is the kind of thing I remember hearing these first couple of steps I heard about from Hal Elrod. And I thought, man, that's the kind of thing I do. And it is so powerful when you do this. Now, here's what I want to do when something crashes and burns. I want to place blame. It didn't work out because it was politics. But the politics of the organization, poor leadership. Uh, and, and you know what? It can be true. Matter of fact, it's almost always true that politics in the organization, poor leadership, I can always blame it on that. That I got fired, I got let go, I got downsized, <clears throat> my project failed because there was not cooperation. All those things, internal politics, yeah, I can blame it on that. And this is kind of step one, though, is we do this, right? Number two is we get discriminated against. Now, I'm going to say something politically incorrect, but that's okay because I don't care. Uh, this is my podcast. But um, you, we talk a lot about political correctness. I mean, uh, discrimination. Um, you know, we talk about uh, racial, uh, age discrimination, sex discrimination, all kinds of different things, right? Um, and let's just be honest. Discrimination is real, right? And by the way, it will never end. You're not really surprised by that, are you? I mean, you and I, we discriminate. You know, we, we might give a job to somebody because of their color of their skin or because they're male or female or because who knows, and it can go either way in all kinds of different ways for all kinds of different reasons. We discriminate. Matter of fact, we should be discriminating in the sense that we're looking for certain things and certain people, right? But, but I know what it means. It means discrimination, unfair discrimination. We're judging people by the color of their skin, by their sex, by their age, by all kinds of things. <clears throat> but I just, I just want to just stop and say, look, it happens. And I know you can do something, and I know you can sue people, but let me tell you, I'm a white male, and I've been discriminated against. I remember going up for a job one time, and uh, there was four positions in this job. They told me they wanted me in one of them. It was an internal deal, internal in the company. It would have been a promotion. Uh, it was something I was looking forward to. And so it was just a matter of paperwork, right? And the guy calls me up, and he says, Dale, you're not... I, I hate to tell you this, but we can't take you. You know, uh, well, you're not black enough, you're not female enough, or you're not Hispanic enough. That's just the way it is. Now, he, he himself was disappointed because he got told he needed to fill these positions with certain people. 
So because I was white male, I was discriminated against. <clears throat> so if you've, if you've been racially discriminated against, so have I. Sexually discriminated against, so have I. You know, age discriminated, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know if that's happened to me, but um, it happens. It happens, and and I, I'm not making excuses for it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's just real, and there's no stopping it. I can sue people. I probably could have sued at the time, um, but, you know, here I am. Uh, I, can, I can make uh, blame people for stupidity. This is a good one, right, because leadership, stupidity, a lot of times it goes together. Relationship issues that, you know— uh, he and I, we had this battle one time, and therefore he's mad at me, and he won't give me this position, or he wouldn't work with me. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons that I can blame people for stuff. And I do, and you do too, right? We start by placing the blame. And it's okay. Get it out of your system. Just say, it's his fault. It's John's fault. It's Sally's fault. You know, they, they wouldn't give me this because I'm female, male, black, white, whatever. But you got to stop yourself right there when you're saying that and realize what you're doing. You're playing the victim. In our society, we love playing the victim. And we can sue people and we can get lots of people up in arms and all uptight about it. But here's the reason I don't like playing the victim. And I'm not, this isn't, this, is, this isn't politically correct either, I guess. Because if you, when you're the victim, and we have such a victim society, people love being the victim. When you're the victim, you're no longer in control. And I remember somebody told me that one time, probably when I was playing the victim, to be honest. But he he told me, I don't I don't remember the circumstances, but he told me, Dale, as long as you're the victim, you're not in control of your circumstances. Is that where you want to be? And it made me mad at the time. Again, I don't remember the whole circumstances, but it made me mad at the time, and I thought about it, and I thought, no. Then I have no control. I can't do anything. I can sue people. I can do, you know, I can go to HR. And, you know, I can do those kind of things you play as a victim, but that's not really getting me anywhere, and it's not getting me anywhere fast, and it causes a lot of damage along the way. So the first and foremost thing, and I love it when Hal Elrod said this on his podcast, it was like, just own it. Take 100% responsibility. This is on me. Maybe I didn't get that job because I'm not white enough or I'm not black enough. I mean, I'm not black enough. I'm not white enough. I'm not male, female enough, you know, whatever it is. Maybe I didn't. But maybe I didn't sell myself good enough first. Maybe I didn't see what was going on there. Maybe I wasn't aware of the politics and the situation, and maybe I should have paid more attention. Maybe I got downsized because it was because politics, and I didn't play them very well. I should have paid more attention. Maybe there was stupid leadership, but I should have stepped up and led where there was a void in leadership. Maybe there was a relationship issue and he and I got in a battle, but I didn't go off and resolve it. This is on me. Now that's hard to say, especially if you're in this place, but if you can start saying that to yourself, this is on me. This is on me. And when you start getting to that point, you start realizing, okay, 
I mean, there's there's a gut check there, but you start realizing, wait a minute, that means I, I've got something I can learn here. I can fix it. I can fix it. You can't fix it if it's somebody else. You can't fix it if it's out of your control. But if it's inside of you, you can change it. Now, you don't have to. You may not want to play the politics in that organization you just got fired from. That's okay. You can now be aware. That organization was political. I didn't want to play that. So it's better that I move on because I don't want to play the politics that live there. So you're you're not really blaming them. You're just saying you were dumb enough, if you want to call it that, that you were trying to stay in an organization that didn't work for you. I mean, think about this for a minute. <clears throat> I've seen um, people, I've seen a woman in particular file sexual discrimination because she would not get um, hired by this company because they did look to down on her as a female. And I remember thinking to myself, no matter how justified she was, how short-sighted that is, does she really want to go to work for a company who doesn't value women? And so the minute she steps in there, she's not going to be valued and she's going to have an uphill fight the whole time. Why would she want to work there anyway when we know there are organizations that will that love women working there, and, and, and this is the same for any other discrimination thing, right? Now, I'm not trying to make light of if you've been discriminated against. I'm trying to give you ownership. You take responsibility for it. You can't change the color of your skin or your sex. Well, maybe you can, but you can't. I mean, theoretically, you're not going to change those kind of things, right? You certainly can't change your age. Maybe you can there, too. I don't know, but... But logically speaking, you cannot change those things. <clears throat> but you can change the circumstances and how you take responsibility to how you react to others. That's the kind of thing. I mean, own it. Take responsibility for it and, and of what happened here. Maybe you found out you were going into a situation that you were applying for a job that was going to discriminate against you because that's the organization and culture of that organization. Own it. And realize that was dumb of me to try to go over to work for an organization that doesn't value who I am as a person just because of the color of my skin or because I'm male or female or because of my age. How dumb is that of me to do that? I don't mean beat yourself up about it, but I mean step back and think about what are you doing here. It's better to move on. Take 100% responsibility. This is one of the things I have learned so much is that, you know, somebody was saying the word responsibility. If you spell it out, it's the ability to respond. Events happen to you, things happen to you, but you have the ability to respond. That's responsibility. All right, so how do we respond? And so second is once you kind of get that in your head, you own it, then what I like to do is write down my thoughts. Now, I mean how my, my honest Thoughts, like how do I feel? Let me give you some examples of some things I've written before. Lost a job, and I was writing something, you know, many more words than this, but I lost this job, and I'll never get a good job again. I'll never be paid that amount again. Or I was overlooked for a promotion because they found me out. They found that I have hit my peak, and I'm incompetent at this level. 
or since I'm black, white, male, female, whatever it is, I will never get ahead in this industry or company. Right? Write those things out. The, I mean, they're true feelings, how you feel about things. <clears throat> These are kind of the hopeless statements that you feel. And you probably got, when you've had something happen to you that's a setback, a frustration, a failure, you got lots of these, don't you? You got lots of them. I lost this job, and I'll never get a job like this again. I'll never make that amount of money again. I've thought that so many times. I'll never make that amount of money again. By the way, I was wrong every single time, but that's okay. That's how I felt at the time, and I was pretty dead gum sure I was right at the time. Write down the thoughts, the real emotions that you're dealing with. Right? You can own it and still have these thoughts. And now, this is the thing that I love. This is the part where you start to turn the corner. Because once you get those written down, now write down the more reality thoughts. And I forget how Hal, Hal said it on his podcast, but you know, the, 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 the thoughts in your head and the more reality that's out there in the real world. And one reality here is what's more likely the truth? Let's, for instance, I lost this job and I'll never get a good job again. Here's a more likely truth to that that I would write down next to that. Wait a minute, I got this job. Somebody hired me in the first place and they gave me this promotions. I can get another one. There's a ton of companies out there. I actually know more now than I knew when I took this job. I'm now more valuable. I just have to find the right spot. That's more likely the truth. And even in your heart when you're devastated, you kind of know that's kind of logical. That makes sense, right? And you, you might even say to yourself and write down, I'm just as smart as these other people that are there. I'm just as hardworking as these other people that are there. I have just the same abilities as these other people that are there. And you can just be honest with yourself in that way. So a second one is here is I've learned, uh, you know, if you're talking about overlooking for promotion, you know, I've learned I can do more if I want to. Do I? Do I want, want to? I've seen a lot of people overlooked for promotion. And when I've talked to them and they call me up and we get on these coaching calls and they've overlooked and they're devastated and they'll come out with the truth of, you know, I didn't really want it. I did not really want the promotion. And you think, and I was like, do you think they couldn't tell that? Emotionally, they couldn't read you and tell you didn't want it? And a lot of times we do this to ourselves. We don't really want that job. We don't really want that promotion because of the, the travel, because of the responsibility, because I need to wear a suit and tie, whatever the heck the reason is. We didn't really want it in the first place. We just wanted to be asked. And now we're kind of let down that we weren't asked to the party, even though we didn't want to go to the party. <clears throat> right? So we have those, <clears throat> excuse me, we see those kind of things all the time. I see that with coaching clients constantly where I can tell they're just not very excited about things. Uh, so think about those realities. You have learned more. You can do more. Did you want to? Be honest with yourself. Or the let's go to the the discrimination thing. Since I am black, white, male, female, whatever it is, I will never get ahead in this industry or company. So be honest with yourself there. 
I, I love this. This is um, in, in our nation where we say everybody is discriminated against. You know, and you can look around and we have um, people of every color, race, and everything else in different positions of power, male, female, in different positions of power. And, and we argue and, and fight about discrimination. So I just always look at, well, wait a minute, is this true? And I was talking to a guy the other day, a black guy, and he was saying something like this to me. And a black guy can never get ahead in this industry. And I was like, okay, that, that could be fair. Let's think about that logically. Are there any other black guys? He's black male. Are there any black guys in your industry that are leaders? And he's, oh, yeah, there's four or five guys that they're top dogs. You know, they're well-known, industry-wide, you know. And, and and as he's talking to me, and he's rattling this stuff off, giving me their names and details, I don't remember any of it. But as, he, as he's saying this, he realizes the irony of what he's saying. He was like, okay, Dale, I get what you're saying. They've made it. What's different about them and me? And I said, well, what is different? And so we talked about it, and he says, well, they know more than I do, but Really, besides, you know, most they, they know more than I do because they have more experience. Really, what he, what he was saying was, they made it, why can't I? And so you can find, I mean, anytime we say something's always true or something's a hard truth that this is always this way, and there's one exception, right? It could be just one. That means it's not always true. It's not always true that the black, white, male, female, or college-educated, non-college-educated, whatever your reason is for not being able to make it in this industry is. So write down the other reality. Others who are like me in whatever way have, been, have done remarkable things. I can do the same. So once you get that down, so what you've got now is written down as you've owned it, you've taken responsibility, you've written down the thoughts in your head, the, the, the ugly thoughts kind of in your head, the depressing thoughts, the hopeless thoughts, and you've written down probably a more likely truth. Now, I love doing this. I do this all the time for all kinds of situations and scenarios, and sometimes it's trivial things just a project I'm working on at the house, for instance, it just seems so overwhelming. And I get thinking, you know, I'm just incompetent. This is over my head. This is bigger than I am. And, you know, and I'll come down and I'll write that down and I'll say, well, wait a minute. I can walk around Lowe's and Depot, Home Depot and there's people that have less experience than I am figuring this out. You know, worst case scenario, I can hire Johnny down the road that does this to do it you know, in case I mess it up. Am I making this bigger than it is? So I, I, I do this to myself all the time, and I know you probably do too. So these three steps, own it, write down your negative thoughts, and then write down the bigger reality. Now write down this. This is the one I love. What has this failure, frustration, setback offered you? Now, I, I always uh, compare this to your high school girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever it was, uh, or maybe it's something more later in your life. I don't know. But I remember having a high school girlfriend that broke up with me, and I don't remember any details about it. I'm not even sure I remember who she was, but I remember it being devastating on one sense because, you know, you're that age where everything's devastating. And 
magically freeing at the same time. Like, I'm not stuck with her anymore. I I don't know if you can relate to that. I think most of you probably can. I'm not stuck with that person. I'm free. It hurts, but I'm free. So think about what your failure or your disappointment has offered you. Write that down. Like if you've lost your job, you now have freedom to explore. Somebody's just given you a ticket to explore. If you if you if you got overlooked for an opportunity, you now have the opportunity to reset and say, let me set back and think about what did what did I really want? Did I really want that opportunity? Did I really want that promotion? Or did I want something else? Maybe this gives me an opportunity to get some training. Maybe this gives me an opportunity to get some mentoring. What are the kind of things this this epiphany now, this event that's happened to me, what comes out of it? What good comes out of it? Right? How many people, for instance, have gone to the doctor and you know, the doctor says, whoa, you got high blood pressure, you're way overweight, and they get this heavy devastating kind of thing. You know, the doctor may have said it 400 times to you, but now the doctor's like, man, you, you're, you're just going to kill yourself. And you get it this time, right? And it's devastating news. Or you're, you're you know, you, you get to where you're so lazy you can't walk up a pair, I mean, not lazy, you go so weak and winded you can't walk up a set of stairs without, you know, having to get an oxygen mask. Oxygen mask. And then at that point, You take back control. It's offered you this, that you take back control. I'm a member of a a Facebook group where these guys, and it's a bunch of guys, and they're all getting in shape. A lot of them, a lot of them have been in shape, but there's a lot of guys that have been way overweight, way out of shape, and they're just taking control back of their lives. They have these amazing stories because something happened. They kind of got to this devastating point. They dealt with some realities. They figured out this offers me a new chance. And they took it, right? And that takes us to point number five is what can you do to improve the situation? I remember this coming so clearly out of the book, uh, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Deal with the reality that's there and then improve upon the situation. So improve it. Define some steps that you can do to improve the situation. Job loss. Stop and define what you want. This is a setback. It's a chance to reset. How can you oh, how can you do that? I was overlooked for a job. Hmm. What happened there? I have to get in my head and get gear and ask for some mentorship and some help from my leadership. Let's just go to people. Let's go network and say, okay, boss or bosses or whoever you are, what am I missing? I was overlooked. Fair enough, there's something Johnny or Sally or Susie's got that I don't have. How can I get it? What did I need? And just start asking honest questions. Start looking for mentorship. Congratulate the person who got the job over you. I mean, after all, you might be their boss soon. Or vice versa, maybe. But you have an opportunity to do something and improve the situation and move forward. Maybe you have a failed project. What can you do to improve the situation? Can you get the team to get back together that all failed and crashed and burned and look at what can we do? 
What can we do to come up with a plan? Look, all of this stuff, let me just recap it for you. You've got something that's happened to you. Own it. Take responsibility. Number two, write down those negative thoughts. How do you really feel? Get them on paper. And then number three, below each thought, write down the more real situation, the reality. What's probably more true? Think about what failure has offered you. Write that down. And then think about now. Let's write down how I can improve this situation. Man, when you do this, I do this kind of thing, again, for all kinds of things, some so trivial it's silly, some big. And it's just, it snaps you back into place. I had some things that happened recently in the last couple of months that were financially issues, financial issues because of some business entity things that was, were going on. We won't go into detail, just no time, but... Um, but it was a it was a lack of I mean a, a downturn in income, and it was kind of devastating at the moment. What are you going to do with this, and how do you deal with it? But I remember my wife, and I kind of went through this. I went through all this kind of stuff. I wrote it down, and you know, it's, you have all these negative feelings, and and, um, and I remember my wife telling me, I was probably two days in this downturn thinking. You know, you get. Um, and then I was like, let's fix this. And, and I remember her telling me um, a couple of weeks later, she was like, I thought you were going to be really down about this for like months. Because I have a history of that apparently. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, it just snapped. And you turned around and you took control. And now everything is moving back in a bigger direction, faster because of this. Because it was kind of that eye-opening thing that, man, this is a huge opportunity, as it turns out, to get away from that thing that was a waste of time and move into something that we really wanted to do anyway. So own it, write down the negative thoughts, then write down the reality, the truth that goes there. There instead, what has this failure offered you, and then improve the situation. I just wanted to share this with you because I'm spending a lot of time talking about this to other people as I've coached people so often that good, bad, we end up in a situation where we have a setback. It can be big, it can be small, but emotionally, they're all kind of big, aren't they? So I want to help this. I want, to use, I want you to use this to help you think your way through it. So I'd love to hear from you. Uh, again, you can reach me at Dell at DellCallahan.com. You can reach me at the podcast, uh, which is at DellCallahan.com. You, you know, this is episode 190, so DellCallahan.com 190. You can put comments in there. Most of you are just emailing me per- directly. That's perfect. I love it. Love hearing from you, and, and thanks to all of you that have done that. And uh, till next week, we're going to leave it here and talk to you then. <music>